Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Follum. Welcome to another one. This time, what it's like being freelance for writer Summer Always. If you're just starting out, you have to do what you have to do. If that means writing for content notes to get your foot in the door, then by all means do that. As long as you don't get stuck. I started freelancing in 2008 and it took me till early 2014 to get in a position where I was very satisfied with my business. That's, that's a big, long journey. And it made me realize that half the problem was me. It was my mindset. Guest blogging. That was the turning point. Because every time a guest post of mine gets published, I get work queries. Yes, hello then. Hope you're well. Uh, thanks for joining me again. Really looking forward to this one. Chatting to freelance writer, does blogging and ebooks in particular, and that is Summer Always, who is based in Dubai. How is Dubai today, by the way? Hot. <laughs> How hot is hot? How hot does Dubai get? The minute it hits mid 40s, and this is um, Celsius, right? So I stop looking at the temperature because just by looking at it, I start feeling really hot. <laughs> you know, the heat isn't that bad. It's when it gets humid. Yeah. It's horrible. I mean, you feel like you're breathing in water vapors. It's that humid. Yeah, yeah. Is it just like stay inside, stay in aircon? Yeah, yeah. all the time. Yeah. I don't feel like stepping out these days. I want to have to go pick my daughter from school. It is... Are the schools air conditioned? Yeah, yeah. Everything is air conditioned here. The buses, the schools, yeah. the even the bus, uh, you know, those waiting areas and bus stops. Even those are air conditioned. Oh, nice. Cool. Well, thanks for doing this. Let's get started by chatting about how you got started being freelance. Um, purely by accident, to tell you the truth. I graduated, got married, and moved to Dubai within a span of two months. When I moved here, I didn't know a soul except for my husband. And I figured, you know, I'd continue with my studies. But then when we visited colleges and we found out the, how expensive education here is, that idea went down the drain. Then I decided, why not work, right? And you need a driver's license here to work for different reasons. And um, this, is, this is, the recession hasn't hit yet, so this was the boom. And just the waiting period for starting my driving lessons was six months long. Oof. Yeah, yeah. It took me about a year in overall to get my license. And by that time, I figured, you know, I was getting bored out of my mind at, um, at home. And I had done some freelance writing back home uh, in Pakistan. So yeah, I knew that, you know, I could write and I could get paid for it. It was just a matter of finding work online. So that's how I got started. Cool. So what did you graduate in back in Pakistan? <laughs> Don't ask. Public administration. All right. So so therefore, the writing thing was always a, a side thing, if you like. It wasn't something that yeah. you trained in. Only when I started freelancing did I take it seriously. And then I took courses and classes and everything. But before then, it was just a hobby. I was like, I was one of those hobby bloggers. You know how in the beginning of the blogging era, you were doing personal blogging? Yeah. yeah. That was me. So I knew I could write. And I knew I could get people interested enough to comment. And I figured, you know, why not continue with that? Because English is your first language, right? Yeah. That, and that, that's a misconception. Like a lot of people think because I was born in Pakistan, it's my second language. But it's really not. I learned to speak and write and read English at the same time as um, Urdu, my uh, native language. So just to put this in perspective, when, when did you move to Dubai? February 2008. And from that moment on, pretty much, you ended up freelancing. Yeah, yeah. By the time I got my license, I was well on my way. Like, even though the money I was earning was paltry, but it was enough to give me the bug that, you know, I could work from home, I could make money, 
And I decided, let's see where this goes before I give in and get a full time job. So you mentioned that you've you did other training. How, how much training have you done then? And is that all in writing or in the business yes, of freelance? Most of it. Um, OK, so in about 2011, uh, James Chartrand of Men With Pens came out with Damn Fine Words. And I had been a longtime follower of James. And I knew that, you know, if I wanted to start earning serious money, I needed to pick up my skills, like polish them up. So I signed up for Damn Fine Words. And that was a life changer because James doesn't just give you writing advice. She gives you business advice. I mean, it's open house inside the forum. You can ask her anything and she will answer it. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be about writing. It could be about your business. It could be about life, about how you're struggling to write or how you're struggling with a client or anything. And she will respond. And I think that was the best money I invested in my business and career. So what kind of um, time span is that? Is it like uh, you work through it at your own pace as an online course? What oh, no, no. It's, a, it's, a, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's about three months. And I think um, you get two lessons per week. And then uh, there's homework that you do. Kind of like I like saying the word homework, but it's assignments or tasks or whatever yeah. you want to call them. But yeah. And then James give you feedback on that. And then within that, you, it opens up a community as well. Yeah, yeah. She has an online forum where you can post. You have accountability partners. You have um, daily diary kind of thing. Whatever you want. Whatever you're, you know, from uh, easy with. I wasn't very good at the daily diary thing, but I would pop in whenever I would have a problem. Accountability partner sounds good. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was in the first batch, right? So it was just internal accountability where you would um, hit it off with one of the other uh, students and be accountable with each, each other. But as I understand now, she has uh, she has hired accountability um, partners. Have you heard of Peter Shallard? No. Okay, so he has a commit action program, and um, if you sign up for it, you get a call every week, and that person asks you, you know, like you, every week you assign yourself three tasks for the week. And then the next week they call and ask, how much of that did you do? And if you didn't do it, what problems did you face? And what can we do to help you with those problems? So it's a similar thing in James' um, course. Nice. So that's like having a, like a, a remote mentor. Some, yep, yep. I, I like that. We'll, we'll put links to these, of course, in the uh, notes at beingfreelance.com. Uh, wow. So how, how many of these sort of courses have you have you done, would you say? Okay, so there's Damn Fine Words. Then there's John Morrow's guest blogging course. These are the two that made the biggest difference. And then the one that made the difference in my business, solely in my business and not my writing, it was Copy Bloggers Authority Membership Program. Um, the feedback I got there was invaluable. I mean, that's like having... Um, you know, an open house with Brian Clark and Sonia Simon. And so that was really, really interesting for me. Let's let's kind of move on to, to how the business goes, because obviously writing is a fairly broad field. Um, yep. So it looks like you've niched down to being a blogger and an e-book yep. writer. Yeah. Yeah. Was that something you you took early on because you started out in blogging or? Um, it was more a quirk of my personality because uh, for some reason, I don't like recording work. I get bored with it. Blogging allows me to tap into different um, subjects and every post is new. It's a different idea. It's a different angle and it appeals to my way of working. Finding work, finding blogging work is never a problem, especially everybody's looking for a blogger. 
Yeah. So how do you go about finding clients? Now it's quite easy because I have a name for myself and clients come to me. But earlier it was quite hard, especially when I started out. I did those content move things like $5, $10 and oh my God, that was a nightmare. But then when I got serious about my writing and I realized I needed to do something to get out there, I researched marketing uh, my business and I figured that starting a blog was important and guest blogging which is why I signed up for John Morrow's blog. And that was the turning point because every time a guest post of mine gets published, I get work queries. Interesting. So a guest yeah. post on on anybody's site or to do no, with writing? No, 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 no. It has to be. I, I, uh, I do targeted blogs, right? So I know which blogs or which topics uh, my prospective clients uh, want to know more about, right? So mostly it's about content marketing, or just online marketing in general. So I make sure that my, I guest post on those blogs, right? So when I guest posted on Copy Blogger, it attracted a lot of clients who were looking for a blogger uh, to further their uh, content marketing efforts. When it comes to guest blogging, do you approach them? Yeah, yeah. And works. how does that work? Do you approach them with a subject or do you simply write it and then send it? No, no, I never write it. That, that, that makes me feel like such a waste of energy and, you know, like my time. Yeah. Because if I write a post and then they say, no, that's not a good fit, for, that topic's not a good fit for our blog, I'm stuck. I spend that time yeah. and it's not going to go anywhere. So I always send them a pitch uh, saying, I have an idea for a post and this is it and this is how I'm going to cover it and these are the angles that I'll take. What do you think? And then how do you go about showing off this as a portfolio? Is it tricky as a writer? Because... It, yeah. it, it's that thing sometimes where we do work for clients and maybe they own the work and we can't then show it off or maybe it hasn't got your name under it or so so do you do that oh, sort yeah, of stuff as well or? oh a lot of it yeah half of my business is ghost blogging but then you can't show that to people right oh yeah yeah so that's why i guess post under my name a lot yeah so because i can't um tell people that you know i'll a certain post under somebody else's name is actually written by me because <laughs> contracts and ethics. But um, yeah, yeah, I goes, it pays better, to be honest. Ghost blogging pays a lot more. You've said being paid there. One thing that struck me looking at your site is that you have quite an obvious product list, as it were, of your services. You know, you, you state what they are, what the yeah. prices are. I mean, you also say you can get in touch with other stuff. Um, yeah. Have you experimented with that? I did. In the beginning, I would do any and all kinds of work that came my way. But over over the years, I realized that there were certain kind of works that I enjoyed more. And, you know, it would they would help. They would make me excited about getting out of bed in the morning. So it's blogging. It's con content planning. It's um, editing blog posts and it's ebook writing. So you find that your clients like the fact that they can see very clearly what things are going to cost from the outset. I will be honest. I was a little selfish when I set up my um, writer side because I was getting a lot of inquiries from clients and they were not panning out to anything. Um, either we would not be a good match or they would be looking for something else or the pricing would be like I would be expecting one thing and they would be expecting to pay $10 for the blog post. And so that's when I made my writer side, updated my writer side, I figured that I was going to put down my rates and I was going to make it very clear what services I offer. And so that's when I went down, you know, what, what services do I want to offer day in and day out? And that's how I went about um, setting up my rates and my services. 
Uh, nice. So you don't get time wasting contacts because they can see from the outside. Not as not as many anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you're not a ten dollar uh, blogger. Uh, so you might as well go away sort of thing (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm intrigued though when you say you know you'd find that you were a good match how do you suss that out how do you then turn them away or whatever um it's it's gotten a lot easier because only people who read my terms and conditions and are okay with it they contact me but earlier it was a one of the red flags was if the information is available on my writer side and you're still asking me for it then, you know, it's if you can't take the time to read my site, it's it's a red flag. And other, others were um, topics. There are certain topics that I don't write about or industries that I don't work with. So, you know, that was fairly easy because I would just say, I'm sorry, that's that's an industry that I don't work with and I can recommend somebody else to you. But yeah, the, the red flags are there and I watch out for them. And how do you go about being paid because i'm presuming everything you must do is remote oh yeah it's a it's a really big hassle i mean i can't tell you especially in dubai right paypal it does not withdraw money into banks here so my preferred yeah yeah i mean they've just started i think a couple of months ago they've started it for uh, businesses but bricks and uh, brick and mortar businesses not service-based so that's uh, i'm hoping in a couple of years they'll start doing that too but um, my preferred mode of payment is um, bank transfer. But if that doesn't happen, then I do accept PayPal because I pay a lot of my bills online. So that works out. So along those same lines, then, you must be working with people across quite a lot of different time zones. So we're oh, yeah. to, to, to put this in perspective for people, we started talking at 12 noon, uh, which was 3 p.m. for you. Uh, yep. I work with quite a lot of people over in the states do you because that must be quite a quite a gap by the time you get over there yeah i'm quite lucky in the sense that i'm ahead of most of the world so i'm eight hours ahead of us and canada so that gives me extra time to meet a deadline (laughs) (laughs) but but it puts me in a terrible position with my australian clients because they're about six hours ahead of me so i have to make sure that i meet the deadline one day early but yeah i've gotten used to it what lessons have you learned then with that sort of time zone working? Um, yeah, I always make, like, even if the deadline I say is like the 22nd, I will make sure that my work is done on the 21st because I don't want to, I hate rushing. I mean, I, I love working under pressure, but not the kind where I'm still writing half an hour before the deadline. That's, that doesn't work out well for me. So I always make sure that my work is done about a day early, even if I don't send it in. Mm-hmm. And um, on my computer, I have three time zones. So one is um, Dubai, the other is US and Canada, and the third is UK. And on my phone, let me check. On oh, my phone, world clock. Okay, so there is Greece and New Zealand and Australia and Malaysia. Yeah, so I, my phone and I, we are like pretty good friends when it comes to time zones. Oh, that's cool. Like, can you just prop your phone up with all these different... It's 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 a bit like when you used to see old American movies in the newsroom with all the different clocks on the wall. Yeah. You can yeah. have that on your phone on your desk. Yep, yeah. It's I mean my phone's always there. I am I'm not one of those freelancers who can, you know, put my phone on silent and then work. It just doesn't work out for me. So I mean my phone as much part of my business as my laptop. 
So, yeah, it's quite easy for me. And then when it comes to communicating with those clients... Email. Always email. So you would never talk to a client? I, if they wanted to, then I would, yes. But I find that email is a lot easier for them. And for me, A, it gives us a record of everything that is discussed. B, there's barely ever any confusion. Because if I'm confused about something, I can always go back to my communication and go through it to you know make sure that I'm on the right track instead of bugging my client about it. And the same goes for my clients. There are, especially when it comes to payment and uh, deadlines and everything, they, I mean, I can always, you know, refer back to the email. Okay, this is where we talked about uh, and this is what we agreed on. So it works out pretty well. And does the different time zone thing actually come as an advantage? A lot of times it does, yeah. A lot of time it does. It puts me ahead of the competition in terms of, I mean, when I used to apply for uh, freelance jobs through job boards, it would be morning for me when people would put put up their um, job ads at night, right? So I would be one of the first applicants and I would almost always get a response. Ah. Yeah, yeah, that way it was good. Yeah, and also, I mean, how do you structure your work day? Because obviously you, uh, you have a husband, you have a child, I think, as yeah. well. So, for example, for me, in a similar situation with my wife and my kids, sometimes actually I am working at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, which puts me yeah. in quite a good place for communicating with those who are in the States. Um, yeah. Do you split up your work day as to when you're... I do, I do. Um, so my daughter leaves for school at around 6 and comes back at 12.30. That's when I work. Like the bulk of my writing work is done during those hours. And then around by around 4 to 6... I sit down for a couple of hours and do admin stuff, right? Respond to emails, see if a client needs anything, um, stuff like that. Oh, I see. So you, you even packet it into creative time is early on and then later Yeah, is... yeah. Because if I don't, then um, my deadlines suffer. Because I cannot, for some reason, I cannot write when my daughter's around. She has so many questions. She's five years old. And she has a lot of questions. <laughs> and writing, I, I feel like I need to write when it's completely silent. Yeah. So the husband's gone to work, the, uh, the kid is off to school, and I have the house to myself. And do you have any other techniques? Like, um, do you totally switch off from email, for example? or? No, no. That's why I need six hours to write. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I know, you know, all these productivity um, tips that everybody gives, and... I can't do them. I just don't. I'm, I think I'm one of the most unproductive people, but it works for me. I mean, as long as I'm meeting my deadlines, I don't see the problem. The thing is, though, if when you're a remote worker, there is this sense that you need to be able to respond should an email come in, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good with my emails. But even during the day, right? So my phone, half my emails, I respond from my phone. Because if I'm, if I'm driving and a client says, oh, my God, I, ha I made this mistake and you need to fix it. So I know that I can park the car and I can respond to her and buy myself enough time to get home and get on the laptop. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, I've, I mean, it doesn't happen often, thank God, but it has been known to happen. Is there any other sort of challenges that you've uh, had to overcome uh, over the last few years of, of building your business? Um, apart from the payment problems, I mean, it's not a payment problem. It's just getting the money into my bank problem. I get paid fine. It's just getting the money into my bank. That's the problem. Yeah. And when I was starting out with my business, growing it was a problem because I didn't know how to market effectively. And it took me a while to figure it out. But yeah, apart from that, uh, none whatsoever. I, I'm right now, I mean, it took me years to get here, but right now I'm in a pretty sweet position. 
Now, one of the things uh, you've got as well is this side venture project, oh, yeah. whatever you might call it. Passion project. A passion project. I like that. Uh, so can you explain to us what that is? Okay, so my passion project is a freelancing a blog called freelanceflyer.com. And it's based on the premise that freelancing is a business. It's not a hobby, uh, which is uh, which I feel a lot of freelancers make the mistake of treating it as a hobby when they're starting out. And that is where all their problems start. So, And that's how I started also. And why, it's why it took me so long. I mean, I started freelancing in 2008. And it took me till 2000, early 2014 to get in a position where I was very satisfied with my business. That's, that's a big, long journey. And it made me realize that half the problem was me. It was my mindset. So, yeah, so when I got serious about blogging and got really, really serious about starting a passion project because I was all I was doing was client work and I was starting to burn out. And I figured I needed something that would interest me, that would make me want to work even when I was really, really tired. And this idea had been there, but I kind of felt like, you know, why another freelancing blog? Everybody out there has the same idea. There's there's some really good freelancing blogs out there. What do I have to say that other blogs aren't already saying? And um, again, this is this the idea came for me when I retook um, Damn Fine Words course. And I realized it wasn't what I wanted to say, but what I didn't want to say. So I didn't want to tell freelance writers not to write for $5 or $10, like most of the other blogs say. Like I didn't want to tell them don't write for content notes. Uh, my position is that if you're just starting out, you have to do what you have to do. So, you know, there's, if, you, if that means writing for content notes to get your foot in the door, then by all means do that. As long as you don't get stuck and you keep moving forward, that's, that's fine. Do whatever you want to do. So how much of your time does the uh, freelance blog take up? Um, not as much these days because I have a, uh, I'm busy with my client. And that's another thing. When I started this, I made a pact with myself that I would not conform to popular blogging advice. I would only blog when I have something to say. And that's not often turns out. But uh, when I do have something to say, those are like 5,000 word blog posts. And I feel like that's enough content to get uh, my subscribers or whoever is reading my blog hooked for uh, for good. And I have a, um, a newsletter that goes out. And yeah, it takes about, on an average, it takes about two hours, maybe a week. Other than satisfying your own creativity, is that like something that brings you business or does it even make money in itself um what what, what do you get from that is, is it the creativity side or the connections it is you a make? bit of well, most yeah it's a it's all three actually connections i get to meet a lot of freelance writers who are where i was and i get to tell them that you can make it and that's the favorite part of my day and i make sure that i respond uh when uh, when somebody subscribes to my blog i send them an it is an autoresponder but i send them uh an email and i ask them what is your biggest frustration with freelancing uh let me know and i'll see what i can do to help and a lot of time it means i am responding back to their emails with maybe a thousand words or 1500 words of advice but it is such a joy when somebody gets back to me and say we took your advice and it worked and thank you so much and that's why, I mean, that's why I'm doing it. Second is um, money. Uh, this blog is not making me enough money that I could, you know, retire, but it is making me money enough that I can cover my uh, blogging expenses. And the third, what was the third? Does it bring you business? Um, yeah, 
Yeah, because on my uh, freelance, uh, because it's a freelancing site, anybody who lands there knows that I'm a freelance writer and that they can contact me. So I think I get equal amount of work and queries from my writer side and from my uh, freelance blog. Out of interest, is there like a common theme to any of those freelance frustrations that you mentioned that people come to you with? Yeah, those in the Southeast Asia and uh, have a lot of the same frustrations. How do we get paid? What do I do with my PayPal money if I can't have it in my bank account? So, yeah, I have the same advice. I mean, I tell them what I do and then whatever works for them. Man, so that's a real issue, isn't it? This actually... It is, it is. For this part of the world, it is mm. a very big issue. And, you know, there are no good alternatives to PayPal, especially for our part of the world. Uh, any service that opens up first caters to the U.S. and the U.K. and Canada and Australia. And we're like the step-siblings that nobody really cares about. <laughs> oh, man! <laughs> uh, okay, S- somebody somebody start up a new PayPal for over there. Will you? But it's just so frustrating, though, isn't it? It's like the financial world needs to catch up with, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the, this remote world that we live in now. And it's not like those global banks aren't in Dubai. There are. There's HSBC, there's Standard Chartered, there's... Oh, you name it and it's here. But for some reason, it just, the PayPal just doesn't. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure they will. If they've started for like established businesses, then I'm sure they'll eventually do it for service-based businesses too. But yeah, yeah. And I'll be honest, in the long scheme of things, I think it's not that big a deal because this is a tax-free country. So I am willing to put up with a little problems <laughs> <laughs> if I don't have to pay taxes. That, that's an interesting thing. So, so yeah, so does that mean that you know, the rest of us who are filing away our receipts and our invoices and all of that, do you have to keep track of stuff? Or you guys it... are living in the wrong country. You guys are just living in the wrong country. <laughs> so you don't have to do any of that? Any. I swear, if I ever move to a country where I have to file taxes, the first thing I'm going to do is hire an accountant because I cannot do this. Wow. Now, have you got three facts for me? Um, make two true, one a lie, and I'd love to figure out the lie. Okay, so are you ready? Yeah. Number one, I write children's fiction in my spare time. Uh, Number two, I can read Arabic but not speak or understand it. And three, I missed my own wedding and did not get home until 5 a.m. the next morning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, these are great. Um, You missed your own wedding? Oh, yeah, totally. Didn't show up. How? What happened? There was a political assassination. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I just couldn't. I mean, there was no safe way that I could get home. So I... As excuses go, that's kind of up there, isn't it, to be fair? Oh, yeah. What, so because the country went into lockdown or something, you couldn't get to your own wedding because of it? Oh, no. Things in Pakistan, things do not go on lockdown. Right. Everybody comes out with any kind of weapon that they have. Oh, jeez. And... And, and it's not to protect themselves. It's it's to create as much damage as they can. God. And so yeah. you thought, I'll, I'll stay where I am. So you yeah, missed yeah. your own wedding. That's a, oh, yeah. that's a great fact. You So you can read Arabic, but you can't yeah. speak it or understand speak or it. or understand it, it yeah. As in when people are speaking it. Yeah, I can kind of see that. I can kind of see that from, you know, like sometimes you pick up a bit of a language like French and you can't. Yeah, but if you pick up a language, you learn to speak it. You don't learn to read it. Ah, so you ran the wrong way. 
And of course, you're lying. Children's stories, and you're clearly a talented writer. You've got a child, and you're writing the stories because, after all, you can't read the Arabic ones. Mm -hmm. We've discovered Mm -hmm. that. Unless that's a lie, too. Um, (laughs) Oh, these are good. Okay, I'm going to totally believe the I missed my wedding one. Uh, So it's a toss up between the other two, and I'm going to say that you don't do the children's fiction. You're right, I don't. Yes! I don't write any kind of fiction. Yes, I don't know why. I have no head for it. That was, that was a tough toss-up between the two yeah. there. Oh, right, yeah. so that does mean that genuinely you, um, you can read Arabic, but you can't actually understand it when, yeah. Um, yeah. when out and about. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why you managed to get so much done, you see. You're, yeah. not, you're not distracted by the TV. That's true, that's true. Um, if you could tell yourself something about being your younger self, this is something about being freelance, what would it be? Don't listen to popular advice. I mean, go with your gut. If, if the popular advice you, you're reading or hearing makes sense to you, then by all means do it. But if it doesn't and you're forcing yourself to do it, then yeah, don't do it. Go with your gut. Summer, thank you so much uh, for chatting to us today. Where can people find out more about you? Um, summerwest.com and freelanceflyer.com. We'll put links as ever, of course, at beingfreelance.com and also to some of the courses that you, um, that, that you mentioned earlier on, if you want to find out yeah. more about those, we'll put them on there. Uh, it's been a joy chatting to you today and all the best here. being freelance. Thank you. If you've only just discovered being freelance, then you may have missed... I get my clients from Elance. It's like the client's store. I don't work with people who don't 100% agree to my payment terms. Nice guys get paid last. If you're not going to kick up a fuss, then it's, it's not going to happen. Do something that you love, to do something that you would do even if you weren't getting paid. Find loads of great interviews at beingfreelance.com and, of course, subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. And thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Have a great week being freelance.